Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello, podcast listeners. Today on our show, we have Diana Knight. She is Executive Director of Patient and Family Experience and Medical Surgical Nursing with WakeMed Health and Hospitals. That's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Diana, welcome to the show. Hi, Casey. Thank you. Thanks for making time for us. So before we jump into today's discussion, which is going to be about agency nurses and the patient experience, I want Diana to tell us about her professional background and what her current role entails with WakeMed Health and Hospitals. Thank you. I have been a registered nurse for 23 years. I have actually practiced my entire career here at WakeMed. And my current role is executive director for patient and family experience for the healthcare system. And then I'm the med surge director of nursing for our Raleigh Hospital. Um, From a patient and family experience standpoint, my role is to um, set the strategy and help determine steps that we are going to take to meet our patient and family experience goals. Please, Diana, tell us about the goals that you have when it comes to the patient experience at WakeMed. I want to know about what your top priorities are. If I had like a magic wand, I would want everybody to understand that a patient and family experience is not just about being nice to patients. My goal would be that everybody on the healthcare team, um, whether they're direct patient care providers or not, understands that everything we do to help people feel engaged in their healthcare and in their outcomes leads to better quality. It leads to better outcomes for the patients. It leads to a better financial case for your organization. And it also drives some of our satisfaction and success as we feel proud of and more engaged in our work. Specifically at WakeMed, we are very focused on um, the HCAPS domain this year is our focus on communication about meds. And so many of our interventions and some of the examples you'll hear me mention are very specific to that HCAPS metric. Now, I want to shift the discussion to the great resignation. It's so pervasive in healthcare today, impacting so many different industries outside of healthcare as well. What are you seeing and how is it impacting today's healthcare environment? That's a great question. And I got to tell you, Casey, I haven't even wrapped my brain totally around this yet. Um, Turnover has always been a part of nursing and healthcare. Um, Even when staff would feel badly per se about turnover, frequently they were for good reasons. You know, nurses have so many opportunities to do new and different things, or maybe they advance their career with a new degree and a new role. Um, But this has really been um, just almost surreal in some regards. I'll share with you that about um, one quarter of our nursing workforce at the organization I work for is uh, being filled by agency nurses at this time. And so that's a lot of people that um, one thing we focus a lot on, and you'll hear me say, is 
agency nurses are great nurses. They are engaged. They are um, committed to patient care and outcomes and to the profession. And what we have found, and we'll talk about this more, is that they just don't necessarily know the wake med way or the way and culture of your organization. And so um, we have to look at what is that one or two really important things that we want to impart on them to really fit into the care delivery culture in our hospital. Very well said. And in the best of times, staffing with nursing can be an issue. So I can only imagine what it's like in today's environment. So thanks for painting that picture for our listeners. I want to broaden the discussion now to some of the general patient experience challenges that face agency nurses. I know you touched on it a little bit in your last answer. Is there anything more you want to talk about on that? I do. We actually started focusing on this concept before COVID. So um, I'm very grateful that we did. But about four years ago, we started, we have a very robust float pool at WakeMed. And we also have three hospital systems with four freestanding emergency departments. And so we have a flow pool system that goes throughout our our hospitals. And one thing that we heard time and time again was how they would get to a department that they'd never been to. Sometimes they were gracious enough to switch campuses for us, go to a different part of the city, and then they get somewhere and the assignment is, um, even as a PFE person, I don't like saying this, but it's the worst assignment in the department because the primary staff want a break or they need um, just some respite and relief from some difficult and challenging patients. And so we did this campaign and we called it putting out your best linens. So just like when you have guests coming to your house, most of us, if your in-laws were coming, you're going to put out your best towels and your best things to welcome those folks. And so we really tried to switch the paradigm of how we made assignments to these visitors should get the best of us because we want them to come back. We want them to tell their peers, oh, it wasn't bad floating there. Go help. Pick up a shift. And so we really started along this journey to say, one, from a patient care standpoint, giving your most challenging plan of care patient to somebody who's only going to be in your department for 12 hours probably does not serve the patient or the family well, because they're complicated, there's intricacies, and there's just no way that someone who's visiting your unit is going to absorb and deal with all of that for a day. So really, the patient is served best by keeping consistent caregivers from the primary department. But then, like I said, we wanted to make these float pool staff have a good day. And so we did some standard work. And one of the things that we did was we went to the floating nurses and said, what are like the 10 things that you need to know right off the top of the shift? And the things they told us were what I'll call more social things. They wanted to know who was in charge for the shift. They wanted to know where to put their purse in their lunchbox. They wanted to know who their, what their assignment was, who's their buddy. And they wanted to make sure we'd given them access to things like the Pixis and the, any locked doors or cabinets. It was very logistically based. We were on a journey of working with our own teams for patient and family engagement. And our biggest focus was on validating behavior in the, in the workplace, in the Genba. And so our managers would um, spend a lot of time observing skills and validating staff in person. And um, we didn't always focus on agency staff because in the beginning of this, there was just a handful of those folks. And we truly anticipated that they were going to temporarily join our team and then leave. And what we all now understand is that most of us probably have agency staff here with us 
for the long haul. And um, we cannot omit them from any type of process improvement or education that we're doing with um, hired staff. So we went on a big focus, and as an example, one of the things I mentioned we're focusing on is communication about meds. And so our managers will be out at shift report observing how patients and each nurse interacts during bedside shift report. Well, now we we set out to say, let's go and involve um, intentionally the agency staff in these checkoffs so that we can make sure that they're doing it the wake way, as we would say internally. Um, We know they're safe and capable of giving um, meds, and we know they educate their patients, but are they doing it the way we would ask, which would be using keywords of purpose and explain and side effects and using the education tool that we developed. And what we found was, while they're excellent professional nurses doing a very appropriate medication pass and handoff, they weren't quite doing it the way that we were. And to relate that back to HCAPS, we felt that that was indicative in our score. So for those of you that follow HCAPS metrics, you know, what we're asking the patient is how often did someone talk to you about side effects in a way you could understand? And they told us usually, whereas our goal would be always. And so we were like, well, that's exactly what we're seeing happen here. If you happen to have one of our primary staff members, that behavior probably happened a lot more often. And so we set out to try to switch that. And I will tell you, we are not perfect. We have opportunities. January was a huge influx month after the holidays of agency replacements for us. And we did see a change in our metrics during that time. And we actually attribute it to the onboarding time that those people took to get up to speed. Tell me about how some of these challenges, you know, patient experience challenges facing agency nurses can be overcome or at least better dealt with by leadership? That's a really good question. And we've actually spent a lot of time thinking about the experience of the agency nurse themselves as a professional. I've never been on this website, but I hear that there are websites that agency uh, nurses use to determine where they might want to go and where they might want to avoid. And I've never seen this with my own eyes, but I have heard it repeatedly that WakeMed is listed very favorably as a place, of, as a healthy work environment, and it's good to agency staff. And we take great pride in that because um, there's no point in being mean to a nurse. It, it's um, You want to be welcoming. You want them to be successful because that's how we get good patient outcomes. And so we also don't want to have anything unintentional in our culture that's not setting them up for success. I'll share with you, our chief nurse holds uh, lunch and learns and forums where staff get invited to spend time with her. She did one where she only invited agency staff. We genuinely treat Um, the agency folks that are here as one of our own team. Um, You would not know if you walk down any of our corridors, oh, that must be an agency nurse. They're not dressed like us or they don't look like us. Um, They are truly embraced. And the other thing we noticed is that we have a lot of agency staff who choose to stay with us a full year, which is usually the cap before they need to return home. Um, And so we're very proud of that. And we take that as an informal sign of success Um, that they feel like they're doing good work here. So they're willing to stay and be part of the team. Yeah, that's a great response. And I I, I know that this subject matter is really near and dear to your heart, or we probably wouldn't have had you on the show today. So um, (laughs) any other thoughts on how we, you know, anyone can help ensure that agency nurses feel welcomed and not resented? 
Absolutely. I would consider that putting out the best linen concept. I would make sure you look at how these folks are onboarded. We actually ask and require our agency nurses to go through the first three days of onboarding the same way at the organizational level as any new hire would. So they get the mission, vision, and values. They hear the overview of you know leadership that comes in to say hi and welcome and what kind of work we do and what our goals are and what metrics we follow. And then they also go through a day of nursing orientation. Um, And we think that's important because it does embed you. It gives you some working knowledge of the system. Um, We know that's a time commitment and we know most people want agency nurses to come in and go to work and take a patient assignment and get busy and offset what's happening. Um, But we really find that those two to three days that we give them off of the floor are beneficial. And by the time they do get to the floor, they're a little bit more entrenched in what we're here to do. And so I would look at really from day one, how you onboard um, straight through to how you even have touch points with these agency staff so that um, they stay and they renew with you if you're able to retain them. How would you recommend going about helping physicians understand the importance of agency nurses? We've had to tackle this because um, in the beginning of, before it was termed the great resignation, um, many providers thought something, quote, was wrong. Um, And in assuring even nursing staff, as well as physician staff, that, that nothing is wrong. We are not in this alone. This is a national trend we are seeing. And as you mentioned, Casey, now it's not even limited to nursing. Um, it's in many different workforces. But the discussion that I frequently have, um, especially if there's concerns, is to remind them that there is always a charge nurse. Um, and we also talk about with our charge nurses, I should have mentioned this earlier, when we're making assignments, not only are we not giving the most difficult assignment from a social standpoint, but we're also not giving any, if this is a skill that your department only takes once or twice a year, like peritoneal dialysis or something unique that that you just don't get that experience with, this is not the opportunity to give it to a float pool or an agency nurse. And so making sure that assignments are appropriately made so that the patient receives the best care. So I would always remind a provider that one, I personally am grateful that our organization supports use of agency staff because not every organization does. And to remind them that there's always resources within the shift. If they feel something is not going right, or if some portion of care has been omitted, to please let us know and treat that person very much the same as you would any other staff. If you noticed one of our permanent nurses was having an issue, they find and tell me that, I would encourage you to do the same. Um, And I'm not sure they know on an individual basis who the agency staff are, um, but they do get a sense when the nursing staff are concerned. So nurses will, you know, oh, everyone's leaving, everybody's doing this, everyone's traveling. We will have very candid discussions about our, our data, what does that look like, um, and sharing what our interventions for recruitment have been as well. So onboarding, the, the process of onboarding agency nurses, hugely important. I know you mentioned earlier, People just want them to get to work yesterday. Like, yes. <laughs> so any advice about best practices when it comes to onboarding agency nurses? 
Yeah. So if your organization is anything like ours, for a new hire registered nurse, we have, I think it's probably a four or five page skills checklist. And it has on it every possible skill a nurse could demonstrate. Um, And we use that to onboard new graduates through experienced nurses. And in the beginning, we were using that to onboard agency staff. And we realized that that was too much. If we hold true to what I said earlier, that we are going to try to give a routine assignment to these nurses, then they don't need that extensive skill, specialized skills checklist. So what we did was we took our skills checklist and said, if you were, and you're getting only three days of orientation here, three 12-hour shifts um, after those hospital days, we want to know, um, and we actually did this through a shared governance approach, with staff who had come through this process, what is the down and dirty that you need? And they overwhelmingly told us they wanted to know about care bundles. So for instance, they wanted to know for catheter associated urinary tract infections, how to prevent falls, how to prevent central line bloodstream infections, what was unique to wake med that they may not have known from their prior organization and experiences. And so we fine-tuned that skills checklist, and we added about 10 components of unique patient and family engagement things that we use as tactics to drive our engagement. And the other thing that we did was we took those skills and made a little reference book. So say you're the preceptor for one of these new nurses, and there's lots of folks precepting now that maybe didn't have the opportunity to do that before all of the turnover. So there's a reference manual. So if you see take the words take five on our checklist and you're thinking, I'm probably supposed to know what that is and I can't remember, there is a little reference manual and it's online and you would say, that's right. We're encouraged to sit down five minutes a shift with any patient of our choice and just chit chat, not medically, just get to know another person and provide some comfort in, in their space. Um, and so we have a reference tool So that what if it's an agency nurse orienting an agency nurse, Um, which we do have and we do um, want them to be successful. So we give them that reference. The drilled down checklist, I think, was really important because, again, these are experienced nurses. They don't need taught how to be a nurse. They just need taught the nuances of your system. And so when we really got down to those unique differences and what our quality metrics were like the things we're really monitoring, I think it made it much more palatable for a three-day orientation, less overwhelming. And as we work towards wrapping up, I want to ask you about some of the elements of a healthy team working environment. Of course, that's key to so much of this um, that we haven't discussed yet. I love talking about healthy work environments. And I, I, it's definitely a part of, you know, the IHI's triple or quadruple aim. We know that when our work environments are healthy, people stay longer, people find more joy in work, they give more to their work, patient outcomes are better, you know, it's that self-fulfilling ideal situation. Um, we are very fortunate before the great resignation and COVID, the organization and the floors that I work with had very low turnover. Many were considered employer of choice designations through different survey metrics, um, and they have really strong patient outcomes. And so when I look at healthy work environments, I think all those things are important. It's including evidence-based practice in nursing practice. It's having a shared decision-making structure so that staff who know the work the best have a forum to share their concerns. 
I have to give a shout out to all of our leaders, uh, especially at the unit level at WakeMed. Um, our nurse leaders are out and about. They have a pulse check on the floor. They know every single employee in their areas. Um, they staff, they are out there, they know the challenges that the teams face, and they also celebrate. And so celebrating wins to me is super important. We've adopted a leadership strategy at WakeMed. We start all meetings with wins. We don't progress to anything on the agenda until we have shared, you know, two to five things that we are each proud about or celebrating. And it really does get you in that mindset that, you know, things may be a little COVID crazy, right? Right now, but we do still have a lot that's going right. And I think our staff very much appreciate that. And when you do all of these things, I, I would encourage you to not consider the agency nurse the agency nurse. They're just one of your nurses. And so um, if you're having potlucks, if you're having team building, if you have mandatory education events, that is across the board. You do not separate your hired staff from your, your per diem staff for that. Everyone, we've been listening to Diana Knight. She is Executive Director, Patient and Family Experience and Medical Surgical Nursing with WakeMed Health and Hospitals. She's a registered nurse, and we are just so grateful for her time today. There's been so much great takeaways. I'm just curious if there's any other final thoughts or any other parting words you had for us before we close it out here. I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with everyone. Um, I think my parting words would be to stay the course that this will resolve. It won't be soon and it won't be quick. Um, but I think if we continue to focus on the profession of nursing um, and our patient outcomes and our teams, the right things will happen. And this will all um, this will all resolve in some way, even though we might have to do our work a little bit differently in the meanwhile. Thank you again for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.